Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to the Fire in the Belly Show. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we are joined by the Zach Babcock. Good afternoon to you, Zach. I think it is afternoon, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, what's going on, Pete, man? I'm uh, fired up to be here, man. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to, great to meet new people. I don't think we, we haven't spoken before, so... Listen, it's always good to have new people on here. Been looking forward to this because you've you've quite a quite a background, really. So, um, Zach, tell us who are you, what do you do, and where are you from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Zach Babcock. I'm the uh, host of Underdog Empowerment Podcast and the CEO of Podcast Powertrain. Uh, we're a company we help entrepreneurs build dominant brands with podcasts. Uh, we've helped over 250 people, specifically working directly with them, and a lot of a lot more. You know, have gone through our course material. So that's our passion. That's what we do. Uh, I got a pretty wild story. You know, we all do that led up to this. Uh, I did over five years of my life in prison uh, for being a, a knucklehead growing up and not having any real chief aim in life. Uh, but I got my life together when I went back to prison just 20 days before my twin sons were born. That's when I said, man, I'm done. I'm going to move in a completely different direction. And uh, it wasn't easy, but hey, here we are today and I'm grateful for it. Are you where you're supposed to be today, do you think? Oh, yeah, man, without a doubt, man. So it this year has been crazy, man, because, uh, you know, I, I ended up doing everything that they said I couldn't do. And, and, and what's wild, man, is, uh, you know, I started the Underdog Empowerment podcast because at the time I was broke. And anytime I tried to collaborate with anybody, any other entrepreneurs, everybody was laughing at me. They thought that I was just a joke, a clown, you know, did time in prison. He's not going to do anything. And I ended up doing uh, December 26, moved my family into the home that we're in now. Uh, before that, our daughter was sleeping in our closet because we didn't have enough room for her in a, at the old house. And, uh, you know, now we now we had this amazing house. Everybody has their own room. And uh, it's just uh, I'm super grateful to be where I'm at today. But, yeah, I mean, I'm still constantly driving myself, though. Do you think that's a useful, I mean, to have that to have that contrast, that comparison? I mean, you know your lowest moment, right? So that's, that's something that's a, is that a fuel for you? That sort of never go back type scenario? Yeah, man, without a doubt. Um, it's definitely a great experience because yeah, definitely never going back to that. Um, but I also feel like I got lucky in the regards of, of, of doing, of being, of experiencing what I've experienced because I can relate to people that are, you know, super like in a, in a bad place, you know, maybe on the lower end of, of life, or I can relate to multi-million, you know what I'm saying? So it gives me that broad perspective of both extremes of life. And I feel like, uh, you know, that's definitely benefited me. Hmm. And then eventually, are you then, would you say, are you a pain-driven creature? Are you a pleasure-driven creature? Or where do you sit, do you think? Man, that's so hard. Uh, because I definitely, uh, I feel like, I feel like every human at, at, at the core is like more strongly motivated by pain at the end of the day, you know, when it gets, when that pain gets strong enough, but, um, but I do take a lot of risk and I will, you know, take a lot of, a lot of calculated risk now, a lot of dumb risk <laughs> early <laughs> on. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I will, uh, I'm not afraid to bet on myself in order to gain something. You know, I, I noticed that I would do that more than like your average Joe for sure. I mean, just to give you an example, dude, uh, back in, uh, and before I broke through in the business, uh, back in 2018, uh, our, our water was shut off. We got four kids, bills were backed up, credit cards are maxed out. And I went and got a title loan on my Chrysler Aspen for $4,000 to join a mastermind at $2,000 a month just to try to learn how to craft offers online or whatnot. So yeah, that was a, a huge gamble that ended up paying off big time, but yeah, I'll, I'll do stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not afraid to bet on myself. That's awesome. Isn't it? I mean, that, that really sort of, that wakes some underdogs that really is that, 
they need to feel that pressure, their feet to the fire or cl- fly closer to the sun. And that's almost the, that's the trigger point for them, right? Yeah. You, you know what? I almost feel like, you know, there's, I've here, I, 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 I got a lot of entrepreneurial friends as I'm sure you do. And, uh, you know, I, I know I got a lot of friends with the opinion of, Hey, burning the boats is stupid. Why would you do that? You know, like, you know, but for me, there was no other way. And like, if I wouldn't have done what I did, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I, I feel like, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's going to be a, a point where you're going to have to burn the boats or you're going to have to settle for what you, what you have and what you've had. And now if what you have and what you've had is okay and, and makes you happy, cool, great. No worries, you know, but if you know that thing that you're aiming for is like your true potential, your true calling or whatnot, and, and, and you're not betting on yourself to get there, then, you know, then you got to live with that at the end of the day. And for me personally, I could not, I would not be happy with myself if I knew that I had, you know, I had an opportunity to go out and pursue my dreams, but I didn't because I was scared to bet on myself. So as an entrepreneur, man, if you look up the word entrepreneur, it takes on greater financial risks than most people to, in order to get where, where they are. And so, so you got to be able to be willing to take that bet on yourself because if you won't bet on yourself, then who will? And that's just, that's his own personal opinion about it. Mm. It is funny though. I mean, people who are in a, I'm going to call it a position of privilege, right? They're okay. They're doing good. They have an okay job. They have a good job, but yet they never quite get to pull the pin for their passion or their thing that sets the boat on fire. Right. I mean, they just coast along, right? Yeah. Uh, I know for me, I, I can only speak from experience, but for me, I, like I was, I just wasn't getting anywhere and I knew I needed, I needed some good mentorship and I had, you know, I invested in a few other mentorships prior to this and made, made some bad investments because I didn't know what I was doing, but I learned through experience from making those mistakes on how to find the right people. And um, when I found this guy, I was like, man, I truly believe that this guy can help me get to the next level as far as like my copywriting and crafting offers. And I'm willing to bet on myself because right now things ain't looking good and they're only going to keep on getting worse unless I take some chances like this in order to, to level up. And, uh, and that's what happened. Do you know where that came from? That ability to almost look outside of yourself, right? Cause you, you see yourself, you know, the situation that you're in, you know, the environment you're in and what's going on around you, but yet you choose to actually step outside of that and you see a, you see something in the distance. I mean, did you know what you wanted or was it just a, a sense or a feeling? How, how did you know what was possible? Yeah, great question, man. Um, I always, so this goes back to my mom for sure. Like my mom, even through all the crap that I put her through, she, she always had my back. She was always there for me. Um, and every day she would always build me up and, and, and tell me, you know, the, these things that made me believe in myself. And, uh, you know, it's crazy is I had a, uh, an opportunity to interview Robert Green um, not too long ago, about a year and a half ago. And um, in, in one of his books, uh, the, uh, 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 his newer book, the, the Laws of Human Nature, uh, he talks about that relationship between the mother and the son, whereas if the mother spoils the son affectionately not like with material things but with affection like hey you could do anything you put your mind to i believe in you these things right it that son will tend to go on to have more confidence than like your average person and um and it's so true man because like my mom would always build me up when i was so young and that's carried on in in my life or whatnot so i got lucky in that regard because, you know, that just happened, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have, I just was born into a great family with a mom that truly cared about me. Um, so I got to give her the credit when, when that, when that comes, but, uh, even after the prison and all that stuff, man, um, you know, I still, still believed in myself and, and, and I got out and I was trying to find a job and couldn't find a job anywhere. And then I started off in network marketing. I'm no longer in network marketing, but I'm so grateful for network marketing because that also opened my eyes up to the other possibilities that was possible for me. Cause at the time I couldn't even find a job, but then this company gave me the opportunity and I was able to go out and create, you know, almost $2,000 a month income. I was like, Whoa, I don't have to let my past define me. I can create my own future. So that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. I mean, that, that sort of drive to actually get on, I mean, that, that sort of ability or belief in self, I mean, 
that, that's pretty cool to actually then, as you say, to discover sales. And is that the sales part or the, the customer journey? Is that almost part of it, actually persuading others to, to believe in you as much as they believe in the stories? Does that make sense? Yeah, so th- that's that's why I ended up getting out of network marketing because uh, I, I uh, there there was nothing wrong with the company that I was in. Actually, I actually did like the products, but it just wasn't for me. It, it was like, man, I got to do my own thing, and um, and I just didn't like the the way I was being showed how to reach out to and, and recruit people. And I'm like, man, I'm sitting here trying to convince people to try a product that they never even heard about or know that they, so I'm trying, like the market awareness on that was like, they weren't even aware that they had a problem, right? Uh, And then that this solution would solve that problem. And so there's so much work to be done to even get them to be ready to buy. And and it just wasn't that along with other things, it just wasn't my own thing. And so I was like, man, you know what, I'm going to go and and do my own thing. Cause me personally, I like attraction marketing. I just like being myself and putting the content out there and attracting the people that resonate with it. Um, for me, hands down is so much better than like cold outreach, you know, which is essentially what network marketing is. Yeah. I never jived with that as much. Just break that down for us. I mean, so you're saying it's almost like the attraction. So am I right in saying you build a, a, Sort of an almost an unbelievable offering, an offering that actually provides so much service and value that actually people self recruit. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah. So with me, with me specifically, um, you know how I've done it organically. I'm not talking about like paid ads or anything, but how I've done it organically. Um, that's how I got my start before we even started touching paid ads. But uh. And, and cut my teeth on organic marketing, did that for years, it built up over, over five, 500, did over $500,000 in a year with no paid ads or whatnot. So we, so we, so we did a lot of organic stuff. And, um, and, and with, with what I like to, there's so much that goes into it, right? But with what I like to do is I like to not just make content that's always about business because that's boring, right? And if that's, I'm not saying that you can't do it because I know people that do. And I do make a lot of content that's, that talks about, you know, my subject matter or whatnot, but I also like to let people in and let them in on my personal life, make them laugh, uh, stuff like that, and really build that relationship uh, with the audience because they, they know things about me that has nothing to do with business, but now they know, like, and trust me. And that's what people need to need to have before they can actually, you know, take a, take that next step with you as a customer. It is right. It's a fine line these days, I suppose, with especially the rise of the entrepreneur that, you know, business life, home life, you know, entrepreneurial life, taking a risk, whatever, it's all mashed up into the same pot, right? So you, you got to like the person you're, you're, you're trusting, right? Yeah, without a doubt, 100%, man. Yeah, yeah. So tell me before we sort of really get in, I mean, what, what does fire in the belly mean to you then? Yeah, great question. I love it, man. Fire in that belly is that burn, that, that thing that's that burning feeling in you where, where you, you have the fire and ability to go out and achieve your dreams. It's like, it's like, it's not just like a, an interest. It's like, you're, you're convicted of making this thing a reality and you're going to do whatever it takes to go out there and make it happen. No matter what kind of odds are stacked at you. That's why it really drew me into it, man. Cause it's like, it's a lot like, you know, the, the same thing about like, under like whether the, the whole concept beside underdog, underdog empowerment is like, Hey, you're an alpha entrepreneur, underdog entrepreneur. Yeah, you have this crazy big vision that nobody believes in, but it doesn't matter because you're committed. You're going to do whatever it takes to level up and win. And that's what I feel like with the fire in the belly. It's like that, that burning, intense desire to go out and do whatever it is that you got to do to achieve your dreams, no matter what kind of odds are stacked against you. And what is that for you then? Where do you feel it all the time? Do you, you know, is it something that you know you can? Put your hand on and say this is this is what my fire in the belly is yeah man and uh i'm i'm extremely extremely competitive like uh <laughs> and up until this year i used to be like a hardcore hustler like i was into that hustle culture work 16 18 hours a day was doing that for six years since i got out of prison and then this year I went from 16 hour to 16 to 18 hour days to 16 hour work weeks. 
four hours a day, Monday through Friday now is how, is how I roll. And, I'm, and we're actually growing faster and stronger than we ever had before, which is crazy. But uh, um, yeah, man, the fire in the belly for me, there's it's it, it depends on what you're talking about because i got fire in the belly for you know like stuff that i want to do spiritually fire in the belly stuff what i want to do with my family and other relationships fire in the belly for the for the business legacy all that but um you know and, and there's there's clear like end games for each one but to to help you with it with, with that to give you like a concrete answer for me though we launched this podcast recently called convicted life now it's the podcast it's one of its kind because not only is it you know on all the major platforms like iTunes Spotify and all that stuff but we also got it on 115,000 devices inside of the prison systems in the US and for me my like legacy goal here is a 9% recidivism rate or lower in the US now recidivism is when someone gets released from prison do they end up coming back within 3 years from getting released well, if you look at the recidivism rates in the U.S. and compare them to anywhere else in the country, it's a clear sign that the U.S. is failing miserably and they, it just ain't working. And so my goal is like at the same time, I don't want to take away the personal responsibility for the person for going. You put yourself in prison. You did that to yourself. You made that choice. You know, so now you're dealing with it in prison. But I want to be able to offer resources to help these people come out and get on a fast track to be able to turn their life around. Um, anybody can do it. I'm living proof and I'm not the only person that's done it before. So a 9% recidivism rate or lower in the U S that's my fire in the belly, crazy, big, crazy, big goal, but Hey, that's what it is. And we're sticking to it. That's, I mean, that's an awesome goal. I love that. I mean, tell me, I mean, do you, do you know what the, the secret recipe is as such that actually, you know, you pulled through when others maybe didn't or or what do you think is the is the golden key here to to help towards making the, the rates as good as it could be you know um at the end of the day what i did was it was simple stuff it, simple to understand it doesn't mean simple doesn't mean easy though you know mm -hmm. and you know what i mean a lot of people get those two mixed up they think simple means it's easy but that's not the case it's just easy to understand there's still work involved and all i did was just i quit blaming other people for my problems and i took complete ownership for everything in my life everything wrong in my life is my fault and that's why everything right in my life is my fault now and so uh taking that ownership yeah luck plays a part in it luck plays a part in everything you know but uh at the end of the day you can control your reality uh, you control your situation. People, I, I, I had people push back on me like, well, you can't control everything. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. You can't control like if a tornado comes and destroys your home and everything you've worked for your entire life, like it, that would suck if that happened. You couldn't control that. However, you can decide, you know, either to get really, you know, worked up and, and distressed and miserable about it and choose to just be miserable for the rest of your life about it and complain about how you lost everything or you can choose to go out and build again and rebuild stronger than ever before and help other people that may have gone through the same situation whichever one you decide to do it's your decision you get to choose how you want to do so no matter what happens to you you can't control what happens to you all the time but you always get to control how you respond and in that there's freedom that you can never be taken away from you and once you do that then then that's when you really step into to, to true power. Mm. Do you, it might be a strange question, but do you think, you know, your, your journey and going to jail was meant to happen? I do, man. And it's crazy. And um, I wouldn't change any of it at mm. all, man. Cause wow. it, I wouldn't take back any of that. Dude, I, I I, so I'm just talking about the five years in prison. I did a bunch of time growing up in and out of juvenile detention centers, boys homes. I uh, spent a large chunk of my childhood in, in, in and out of that too. So I'm talking, man, years upon years of being away from home. And I wouldn't take away any of that because it's made me who I am today. And through all that struggle and pain and stuff that I put myself through, I'm not saying that it happened to me. I put myself through it. But through all that pain and struggle and adversity that I put myself through, 
shaped and molded who I am today and gave me a strength of character and a mental fortitude that I would never get in any other place. So I wouldn't change any of it. You know, and I find that fascinating that how, you know, and I've, I've listened, I've, I've had the joy of meeting people and everything from, you know, people who have been a victim of a crime or something else or even alcoholism, right? But once they see that moment of, I'm going to call it enlightenment. I mean, it's kind of got a spiritual connotation and doesn't, it's whatever, whatever you choose, but that moment of seeing the greater version of you, right? That's, that's enough to, to compensate for years or for a lifetime of stuff, right? Amen. Absolutely, man. Mm. You know, it makes all the difference. It does make all the difference. What's your superpower, Zach? Do you know? Yeah, well, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I got OCD when it comes to this stuff too, man. Like, uh, I love like psychology and like just everything about it. Human behavior fascinates me, dude. Like any, anything you're talking about, like psychology or what makes people tick or why we do the things that we do. Uh, it's just always been something that's been super exciting, fascinating to me. And I like to joke around and tell people, um, you know, cause I study a lot of, lot of stuff on that and geek out on, on psychology books and, and, and talking to people that, that, you know, like Robert Greene, for example. But, uh, I also like to joke around and say like, Hey, I'd put my five years in prison up against any psychology degree any day, <laughs> just because of that level. It, for real, it's, it, it, it's not like how the TV shows portrayed to be in prison, but it's pretty close and it is pretty wild in there. And it's definitely a different culture and a different, you know, experience that you never, you, you, you never experienced unless you went to prison. But, um, but uh, that every day being in there with that, with like literally psychological warfare every single day of your life, like walking around and having a, you pick up on some stuff or you either you, you do and you pick up on some stuff and you, and you stay out of, out of harm's way or you don't and you, and you do. But uh, yeah, that experience definitely taught me so much about uh, psychology and, and just how, what, how, what makes people tick. Oh, wow. That's interesting. You use the, you know, words and you talk about, you know, picking up on stuff. I mean, would you, are you, are you an intuitive person? Are you an empathetic person? Yeah, dude, you're asking some really good questions. Uh, that uh, it's crazy because like, I'll be sitting, we'll be at like a business networking event, right? Or wherever. And um, we could be anywhere. Like, and I'm like in a group of friends, like five guys. And like, I can tell like when this, this guy to the left of me, he's telling a story and he's like making fun of this person in the story. And I can feel the guy to the right of me starting to feel like uneasy and maybe even ashamed or a little worried or whatever, because the, whatever the guy's talking about in the story and then he's making fun of is something that this guy does, you know, or whatever. I'm just making a hypothetical situation up, but I could pick up those vibes. We all can, you know, you ever hear the, 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 the sayings like, Hey man, I got a bad vibe about that. Or I walked in that room, just had a bad vibe because you can empathetically pick up on that. You know, you know, we had that tool before we even had language as a tool before we could even speak words you know when we were cavemen and stuff we had to rely on our empathy tool of being able to read fear on another you know on, on one of our tribe members face whenever a saber-toothed tiger attacked us like we had to rely on empathy before we could even speak so we can all definitely tap into that and is, is it something you do tap in i mean is it do you trust yourself in that and do you actively sort of you know, actively use that, that muscle, that purpose? Yeah, I make every single decision off of my gut. Um, I try to collect as much data points as I can to make informed decisions. But at the end of the day, I always go off of my gut because my gut never, never fails me, dude. I've never made a decision going with my gut and it being a bad decision. The only time it does is whenever I go against it, whenever I don't listen to it, then it ends up being a bad decision. So making a big decision, what, what are we looking at here? You sort of, do you like to sleep on it? Do you take a walk? Do you, what do you do? It depends on what it is. Most of the time, I'm the type of guy that likes to jump off the cliff and grow wings on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes there's decisions where you should probably just sleep on and, uh, and uh, really make sure it's the right move. So most of the time, yes, I'll just go ahead and, and make the move and see what happens. But 
sometimes I will take my time with it. Mm. No, it's fascinating, isn't it? As you say, it's that it's 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 built into us as humans, right? It's just who we are, that mechanic, that that sixth sense, whatever it is. You know, it's um it's intriguing. You mentioned uh, you know, mentioned a bit of you know spirituality and philosophy and things. I mean, would you do you classify yourself as spiritual, religious, either, none? Um, I'd say spiritual. Um, I'm not really religious, uh, but I do be- I, I believe in God and Jesus. So some people would say, oh, you're a Christian, but I'm not really a Christian. I don't go to, and I don't go to church, um, but nothing against you if, if that's your thing. I just believe in God and I pray on my own times. It's pretty much, um, you know, I do meditations every day um and i'm yeah i'm I'm a spiritual person but yeah i don't go around like pushing it up on other people i'm curious to know i mean do do people get you now because i mean this this is like a this is a 180 right this is a massive change you know this is you know not like a little bit of a change a little tweak or you know i just learned a new skill this is this is transformational right yeah um yeah without doubt you're talking about uh like being spiritual and stuff yeah, just that that sort of, you know, almost people probably wouldn't recognize you now, would they? Yeah, it's 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 wild because before this year, I used to like would make fun of the woo woo stuff or whatever, but now I'm all into the woo woo stuff. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's wild. I was missing out though, but uh, for sure, I'm not like hardcore on some of the stuff they do. I don't, I don't, I haven't got any chakras or nothing yet, <laughs> but uh, but I do do a lot of um uh meditation and um uh stuff like that and i i got a little tibetan bowl and and tuning forks or whatever so that's about as woo woo as i do get but uh man i tell you what it's done done a number for for my mental health for my peace of mind uh i just feel lighter this year uh after getting into it because you you did you you talked about that transition you know your sort of 16 hour days almost and then to 16 hour weeks you know and that, that's a hell of a flip, right? I mean, what, what triggered that? And, and you know, what, what sort of caused and what's been the benefit? Yeah, it, uh, what triggered it was, it was a bunch of stuff leading up of being frustrated of not being in my kid's life. Like I said, I was going to. So when I got out, I, I, the whole reason why I changed because of missing out on my twin son's birth, like being away from my family was so painful for me uh, that I had to run away from that pain. And so that's the reason why I started running in this direction that I'm in now. Um, but then I found myself working these 16 to 18 hour days and I wasn't spending the time with my kids. And I was like, dude, I got everything I need right now to spend all the time I want in the world with my kids. And I'm not, I'm doing, I'm sacrificed for his business or whatnot. And so we ended up going on a mastermind that I hosted uh, in Pensacola, Florida. And we had, it was our first one. And we had all these clients that were flying all over the U S to come essentially sit and learn from me is what they are paying for. And um, we got there and I'm, I'm already was like, what's next? What's next? So like thinking of the next thing. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, dude, you mean to tell me this a few years ago, you're sitting in a prison cell and now you got people flying across the country, paying you thousands, thousands of dollars to learn how to do marketing and building a brand for me. And you're already thinking about what's next. I was like, I knew, I was like, man, you gotta, it's never going to be enough and nothing's never going to be enough unless you just start being grateful now. Um, and then it, as soon as we left that uh, mastermind, uh, me and my videographer flew from Florida to Utah and we went and interviewed Sean Whalen in person. And um, I'm just sitting here interviewing him and like this, it, I just felt like he was holding up a mirror for me during that whole entire interview so I could see myself and how I wasn't living fully in alignment with my core values. And so after that, I was like, dude, I'm done. I'm making it right now. I'm going to go down to 20 hours a week. I did that for one week. And then the following week, I cut off Friday altogether and went down to 16 hours a week. And that was back in January and been doing it ever since. And uh, man, it's made a, it's a night and day difference now of who I am, like how much more peaceful I am. I'm not, I still got that drive and that hunger, but I'm not like always on edge and intense and like go, 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 go all the time. And it's crazy when we get more done. So yeah, it was a great trade-off. I'm curious. I mean, what, you know what what sort of changes you know is it is it an acceptance is it a maturity thing is it a you know whenever you become responsible uh, you know for those around you you know what point do we say yeah i've got enough you know i need um, my goals have changed my my you know 
My values have changed. You talked about core values there. I mean, core, core values, soul values, how do they all tie together? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was going through this question to myself and I was like, why do we do that as entrepreneurs? Why do we, if you think about it, we all start for two reasons, time, freedom, and financial freedom. And the reasons why you want those could be whatever, but if you break it down to its simplest form, those are the reasons why we, why most of us become entrepreneurs and start a business. And so you get in and you struggle for about the first two to three years. You're not making any money. You're trying to figure this thing out. And it's just everything that could go wrong is going wrong. You're running in a brick wall to brick wall, but then, then you start getting some traction and you actually start doing really good. And, you know, for me, once we broke through, it was like, it took three years, three and a half years to break through. And then when we broke through, we became a six figure business in less than a year. So like when you break through, you smash through. Right. But then that excitement kicks in right there. But, and and then you're like, Oh, I got to grow. I got to grow. I got to grow. And you're always focused on growth, 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 and hustling and going, going and going. But at that moment, when you hit that six figure mark, you literally can can have the time and financial freedom. You can literally set up systems and the structure within your business to remove yourself from most of it, if not all, but most of it at least, at a six figure mark pre seven figures, and get to where get to where you're spending that quality time with your family or doing whatever you want with your time, but having that true financial freedom. I did it. I did it myself, so I know it can be done. Um, and I just feel like I feel like too many people just get too excited when they finally break through and forget why they started in the first place. Is it, was it a natural path for you? I mean, do you ever get, you know, they talk about imposter syndrome or they talk about deserving this, right? You, you get so much and go, that's, I, this is not me. <laughs> this is, you know, it's foreign to you, right? You know, suddenly you're, as you say, bursting six figures, reaching into seven, going here and, and but you get some people just jank, yank on the handbrake at that point, don't they? Yeah, um, for sure. And, um, you know, uh, what was the exact question again? Cause I was, I was thinking about the, uh, about, <laughs> I was thinking about, um, about, uh, whenever you get, whenever you get caught up in it and then you're like, you get too excited. And I, I'm sorry, my mind was going whenever you asked that part of that. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, it's just, it was more, it was more a case of how, how did success feel for you? Is it something that came naturally? Is it something you deserve? Is it something you were happy to accept? Or was there, you know, did you, did you have to almost play with it a bit to, to be able to bring it on board? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I uh, definitely had to work through some stuff, mental stuff in the beginning. Everybody does. And that's the reason why you can't break through because there's some limiting beliefs that you have that are running these programs of why you're not doing it. I, w- I, I wasn't... Um, I didn't have the fear of success per se. Um, Mine was more like a scarcity mindset, probably than if anything else, it was like, wait a minute, you can't do that because if you do that, you know, like stuff like that, because I just didn't know what I didn't know. I think that's what my mental blocks were to get in the six figure, but I definitely did have the imposter syndrome. I think everybody has that. I remember, dude, I used to wear suits and ties all the time. Now there's nothing wrong with suits and ties, but I'm not a six and ties kind of guy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not saying it. <laughs> yeah. I got a beard that comes down to my belly and a body full of tattoos. And like, I never, it's not my thing for real. I can, I can wear them, but it's like, and I will occasionally, but I was doing it every single day and acting like, you know, I was happy all the time. And at the end of the day, man, yes, I'm happy and optimistic more most of the time, but I do have bad days just like everybody else. I got, I get, I get rage, depress, depression or whatever, you know, like I'll, not depression, but like sad, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have days where I'm sad. I'll have days like where I'm, I have anxiety, whatever, just like everybody else. Hmm. Uh, but I was trying to act like I was happy all the time and wearing these suits and ties, acting like I was further along than what I really was. Cause I thought in my mind that I had to already be successful in order for people to take me seriously. I was like, I can't tell them I've been to prison or none of that. And so I had this imposter syndrome, like I had to be something that I wasn't. And what's crazy is I never broke through until I stopped doing that and just started being myself. And that's when I actually finally broke through. Wow. It's amazing. Isn't it? That, that sort of, I mean, would you say who you are and, and who other people think you are? Are they one and the same? Are you able to 
you know, are you back to your true self? I would definitely say without a doubt. And I would say that my audience would say the same thing. Uh, at least I hope they would. Uh, but I would say for sure, I'm like really confident on that. And the reason why I say this is because I put myself out there a lot. Like what I mean by that is like, if I make a mistake, I'll call myself out on it. And I do it routinely all the time. And I think that's why people connect with me because, because I don't have an ego about it. I mean, we all have an ego about it to an extent, but I'm not afraid to say, Hey, I made a, I made a mistake and I fixed it and I'm fixing it. But you know, I did make a mistake. I'm not afraid to say it because we're human, you know, and we all do make mistakes. And I feel like whenever you could share, you know, when you do mess up, I feel like that's an opportunity for you to build a stronger relationship with your audience. It's worked out really well, well for me up until this point. Yeah. That acceptance with self. I mean, that's huge, right? You know, that sort of accepting yourself for your strengths, but also your weaknesses and saying, listen, I am, I'm not perfect. And that's okay too. Right. Yeah, it is. And, uh, that's, that's something, uh, I think a lot of people beat themselves up too much about, look, there's nothing wrong with saying that you got a problem or that you did something wrong or you got some stuff to work on. The problem is, is when you deny that you have it all together in the first place and it lingers, or if you're consciously aware of it and you're not doing anything to improve it, right? You're not learning from the mistake. Uh, there's nothing wrong with admitting it. It's actually a good thing. It's the first step. Can you see that in yourself or do you, does it take a, a, you know, someone else externally to hold up that mirror for you, you know, a mentor or a guide or, you know, someone else, do, do you, are you, are you able to sort of check yourself? Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes no. Um, sometimes it's good to have that out. Uh, I, I always look for that outside perspective because you know, quite frankly, when you're, when you're in the bottle, you can't read the label on the outside. And so when you're in your stuff, you know, whether it's your business or your own personal stuff, sometimes you can't even see how you react to certain things or, you know, uh, you can't even look at, you know, your business objectively because you're so caught up in the day and the ins and outs of it, having that outside perspective, it's, it's one of the best things you can do because then they could show you things that you would never see, you know, without that. And, and do you have a, do you have a sense of what you're capable of? Yeah, without a doubt, I'm very capable of <laughs> my thing is this, man, I'm I've noticed like my, you know what, kind of going back to your superpower question, man. I'd say, man, I'm like a, a, a good community builder, like I, that just comes naturally to me, like I'm an, I, I've always even in school before we even had uh, social media when I was seven years old. Um, like I used to be like the leader of our little club in school. And like, I used to always get, it's just always been my thing, man. It's just, I don't know. It's always come, come to me. So yeah, that's uh, that kind of goes alignment with that, with that question. I'm definitely capable of building audiences around a cause, a movement of something that's, you know, dear to dear to people's hearts. Um, being able to communicate a core, the core values of myself that in turn attracts those people that have those same core values and that believe in the same things I do. Hmm. Cause you, I, I mean, you're saying, you, would you be quite good at reading people? And you think you, you know, you can pick up on the what's going on. I mean, you talked earlier about being quite intuitive. It's, is it something that comes naturally for you to. Yeah, that, that does like, so there's, I'd say there's about like a handful of things that I'm like world-class genius level at maybe like four or five things that's a stretch that might be too much that I'm just really, really good at. And then there's a bunch of stuff that I just suck at. Right. <laughs> so I just double down on those, <laughs> those three to five things that I'm really good at. And, uh, and then that, that takes care of the rest for me. Give us, give us a, give us a top five then give us a world. See what we're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, definitely, uh, like, like I mentioned, building the audiences, social media stuff, I guess you can lump that in together um reading people you know uh understanding what makes people tick whatnot um very good at uh i guess you'd say i'm very good at persuasion like i'm good at getting people to buy into something as long as it's something that i truly believe in like because i get excited about stuff and then i can get other people to get excited about it too um not all the time but i've been I've done pretty well with that um and uh I'm really good at uh, 
at uh like analyzing especially like brands like mm-hmm. i'm really analyzing brands if they're you know if it if it, i could tell like you know that the person that's running it knows what they're doing or, or whatnot uh and i could like quickly spot out ways for improvement or whatnot that's definitely been something that i always gravitated towards so yeah i would say those things right there i mean that's a great point i mean when's a great time to get you into a room and when's a great time to get you out of a room then into a room and out of a room mm. oh is that what you're saying when's a great time to get me into a room yeah yeah so when 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 do you know when's the best time to get zach involved <laughs> when do we pull you out of the room and say listen it's not it's it's either just not your thing oh i i, I guess i'm not understanding the question like uh i'm well, sorry some people you know i suppose it's in some ways i'm asking what your flow states are you know what where do we really see you resonate where do we see you shine um, oh yeah 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 i got it now yeah on stage man i go into another I don't know what happens, but I just go into another mode and like, it's just, I can't even explain it, but I just, it's like, it's like the zone or whatever you want to call it, but it is going to that flow state on stage. I'm just like a different person. And like, that's just like where I feel at home, definitely made for the stage. Wow. And what do you suck at? <laughs> a lot, man. Where to start? <laughs> um, I suck at drawing. I suck at SEO. I suck at uh, systems and operations. Uh, I suck at um, numbers like finance. Um, There's a lot of stuff I suck at. I pretty much suck at everything in the business except for marketing and sales. And so I just surrounded myself with people that are really good at those other stuff that we needed. And it worked out pretty, worked out decent so far. Uh, has that been one of the lessons then to actually to figure out what you suck at and just give it away right just well not give it away but task somebody else and and stop trying to hold yourself back yeah i mean dude that's where a lot of people hit a brick wall and just get stuck there way longer than what they need to um so once you break through in the business and you hit that six-figure mark you probably bring it on people before that six figure mark, but definitely right around that six figure mark, you're probably in need of more help, you know, on your team. And so many entrepreneurs are like, well, nobody can do it as good as me. So I'm just going to do it, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, blah. and that's a limiting belief, man. It's limiting thinking, man. Cause you, you have a capacity. You, you are, you, you, you are one person and you only have 24 hours in the day, just like everybody else. There's only so much that you could do. And then, so at that point, you're going to hit a wall, a, 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 a plateau or whatever you want to call it, but you're going to hit a part where you can no longer go forward without other people. You're going to need those other people. And the sooner you can realize that and get other, get great people on your team, the faster you'll grow. And so, you know, a tactical way of looking and doing that would be, you know, uh, I learned this through one of my coaches one time, but automate. Del- automate uh oh no i'm sorry uh eliminate automate delegate that's the, the process so you look at the task and you ask yourself hey man is this even worthwhile doing like or can we just get rid of it and if you can't get rid of it or if you can get rid of it then yeah you exit out because there's a lot of busy work that a lot of us do that never even serve the purpose of our mission um so if you can eliminate it get rid of it and if you can't well then it goes to the next step can I automate this? Like, can I set up? Cause I don't want to give it to a team member if it's something that, you know, technology can automate for me. And so if you can automate it, automate it. If not, then boom, it goes to the next phase. All right. Can I delegate this? Because if someone else can do it besides you, then you want to do it because a business is built to serve you, not you to serve it. And so if you can delegate it, delegate it. And if no one else, but you can do that, then that's what you do. And that's the whole little process. You can run everything through. That's it's so strong, I suppose, and that's it. Probably goes for everything in the business, right? You know, from marketing through to creation of new products, whatever. It's just surround yourself with smart people. Yeah, that's the key, man. It's a secret right there. Get smart people on the team. <laughs> Get the right people on the team, the smart people on the team, and then figure out the best place to put them at, and then you're golden right there. 
I love that. I mean, that was, I think in, I know in Thick and Grow Rich and a number of books, you know, they talk about that as, you know, if, you know, if, if, if you find yourself being the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. You know, it's like, yeah. you need to be stretching up, right? Amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, what, what for you then is, you know, what's, what's out there, you know, what do you see in your bucket list? What's really something you really want to achieve? Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, so the, the, the immediate, the, the, the one that I want to do sooner rather than later, uh, cause there's quite a few is, uh, so I'm, I'm going to launch a book. It's called alpha underdog. It's like the evolution of underdog empowerment. And essentially what it is, is it's a methodology of, of how I go about living my life and, and doing the things I do. But, um, I'm trying to get the stuff out of my head, right. And into a, into, into this book. And, um, and it's a way of life. It's all it is, is just a way of life. It's an identity, uh, something that people can identify with, you know, uh, you got, you got, uh, uh, just like church, you know, like we were talking about church earlier. There's some people that are like die hard church going people. And like, I am a Christian. I do that. And they do all the, they do everything. Like they're like in that. Right. Well, alpha underdog is kind of like church. It's just a way of life. It's an identity. And it's a way of, of being an alpha underdog, getting everything, having it all in life. And it's not just about business, right? It's got the five pillars. It's got mind, body, soul, relationships, and finance. It's about putting it all together in the complete package. And so I'm launching this book. I'm going to go through Tucker Max uh, with Scribe Media, drop 40K on this package because I'm shooting to get a uh, New York Times bestseller. I don't care about an Amazon bestseller. Everybody's got those. I want to go big, right? And then when I get this book and launch it, that's what's going to open up the door for me to do these 20K to 100K speaking engagements. And when I'm doing those, I'm going to have my family come out and they're going to see me kill the stage like I always do. And then we're going to be able to go uh, hiking in the nearby nature, wherever we're at in the world. And that's how I want to spend the next 15 ish years of my life while my kids are still young. I want to be doing that instead of, you know, doing stuff like that when I'm all older and stuff, I want to do it now. That's so powerful. I love that clarity, that vision, you know, and you can tell that, you can see that, right? That's, you know, that's totally clear in your mind. That's going to happen. Amen. All the detail, the details matter. The more detailed you can, clear you can see it, the more real it is. Yeah. Are you, you big into visualization goals? I mean, how do you, do you go with the flow or do you have it all mapped out? All mapped out. <laughs> I, I told you I got OCD. Um, <laughs> it serves me well. But uh, I got a, a vision board, you know, and then my goals or whatnot, but like, uh, I literally have that thing I just described to you on a vision board. I, I, and I go to a level where I took this guy, I took this, I, I found this photo of this guy speaking on stage to thousands of people. And then I Photoshopped my head onto his head. So it looks kind of goofy or whatever. And then I put my family in the, in the, in the crowd and stuff. And then, and it's a visual representation of that or whatnot. And then us hiking or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, man, everything's detailed out, uh, vision board, all that. I love it. You know, it's not, that's a key thing. I think it's, it's having those goals, having the granularity around them, triggering all the five senses, six senses, if you like, you know, and, and really getting it so that the conscious mind can't even tell the difference. Right. They don't know if it's that, that was your imagination or it's really happening. Amen. Yeah. So powerful. You mentioned their hiking and leisure. I mean, what, what is your leisure and pleasure then? What's, what's your downtime, your, your recharge? <laughs> hiking. <laughs> yeah. I, every single Friday and I, and, and what's crazy is before this year, um, I was not an outdoor person. I just, I was missing out. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know, but it never was my thing before. Well, right. When I made that switch to go from, from 16 to 18 hour days so to 16 hour weeks, I started going hiking. Uh, we, we did a meeting uh, with, with our COO, me and him went out and I went out by his house and we met the, and we went hiking and we mapped out the next 90 days and I fell in love with it. And so I started going every single Friday uh, is what I do. That's the reason why it only lasted the 20 hour work week only lasted one week because the following week after that, I said, you know what, let's just do 16. I'm going to take Fridays off and go hiking on Fridays. And I've been doing that ever since. And man, it's just been, uh, I can't, I can't tell you enough, like 
if you are not going outdoors and getting out in nature um, regularly, uh, can't tell you how much that does for your mental health, how much does it for peace of mind, uh, just everything. And I get my best ideas out there. So I'll take my digital notebook and I'll, I'll jot down ideas while I'm hiking. It's been the best thing that I, one of the best, probably the best decision I've made all of 2021 was to start going hiking every single week. Not awesome. I mean, it's, you know, how many people say, yeah, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to graft longer. I'm going to do this. And it's actually the opposite, right? You know, it's like, I'm going to do less and actually I'm going to achieve far more. <laughs> it's like, yeah. The irony, it's weird right? though, isn't it? That yeah. it's, it's so weird, but you literally, I literally am making so much more. And I, I truly believe it's because I'm actually taking the time now to dedicate stuff towards my health and my mindset and my, my spirituality and my relationships. Now that it's all put together, I'm showing up better in my business, way more, far more stronger and effective than I ever could because I'm actually taking the time to take care of myself. Um, so yeah, man, I can't tell you how much it's been a game changer for me. I mean, if you were to try and almost put together, you know, sort of five rules for life for you, I mean, or your, your sort of ethos or mantra, what would they be? Um, it would be, um, definitely, uh, ownership and everything. That's definitely one for sure. Um, uh, because I mean, that's, it changed my life, man, honestly. But, um, uh, I would say do the right thing. Honestly, I would, it would be my core values. Honestly, it would be the, would be the mantra. And that would be like, you know, do the right thing, do what you know, and your heart is right. Um, and, and you know what that is. And a lot of people, everybody knows what it is. Not a lot of people though, sometimes don't listen to that. And, but when you do listen to it, good things do come. Um, so that's that, um, be excellent. In everything you do, no half step in anything. I mean, like either do it 110% or don't do it at all. Um, that's, I mean, that's just a core value of mine. That's the way I go about life. Keep your home in order. Um, you got to keep the home in order. It all starts at home. If you don't have your home in order, how are you going to get your business in order? How are you going to have every, anything else in order if you don't have the home in order? You know, uh, focus on what you can control. That's a big one. I mean, why? It, it, so many of us do this, and I'm I've been guilty of it so many times. But anytime I catch myself focusing on a problem of something that I can't control, it gives me a bunch of anxiety. And as soon as I can, I try to reel myself in and be like, wait a minute. Why even stress about something you have no control over? Just focus on what you can control in the situation. There's a big peace of mind in that, in that right there. And then, um, you know, be fluid and mobile. And what I mean by that is like, you know, as we grow older, especially men, as we grow older, we get more set in our ways and rigid. And we think, you know, what worked in the past is going to continue to work. And, you know, that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, be fluid and mobile. Always be a student humble every single day, 1% better than the next day or better than yesterday. And know that, you know, the, what got you here isn't going to get you there. So always be open to, to, to new ways and new strategies and be able to adapt to the present moment. And those would be my tips. Wow. I love it. I love it. And out of interest, I mean, have you, is your slate clean mentally? Do you think from, from your past, are you, be good if you made amends with who you are and where you are um no uh and i'm glad you asked that question that's actually what i'm going deep into so i got a lot of traumas that happen throughout life um it's crazy i know there's stuff that i don't even remember it was just the other day i i, I got a friend um to uh, who i was in prison with he uh he got out and he's doing good now and he has his own produce business he grows he goes fresh produce and i buy my produce from him it's amazing way better than the store-bought stuff um but uh he was like yeah man what was that guy's name that you're selling whenever you got out that got you jammed up and i was like i was like what i can't remember and i was like because what happened before i got out both times is my celly my the person i was in a cell with that, that i shared my cell with they had a shank and you can get more time for having a shank in prison. And so I went to the hole, which is the prison side of the prison both times. Well, I'm about 60 days before I went home. And so I'm sitting there on the hole freaking out because I'm like, dude, I'm not going to get back home to my kids, you know, and I did everything right this time. I didn't want to, you know, do anything wrong. So I wanted to get back home. I guess that event was so traumatic that I suppressed it. And I don't even remember who my celly was. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, I got shot at <laughs> before I went to prison the first time and our car got shot at like literally bullets hit the car, ting, ting, ting while I'm in it and stuff. And like, it's like, it's like my, my, my body is like trying to block off that feeling and that traumatic experience. And so it like blocks off all these other emotions and stuff. It's wild, man. But, uh, I started uncovering that in these hikes and stuff, but, uh, what I'm doing is, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people aren't hip to this just yet. And a lot of people kind of have like, you know, their own opinions about it or whatnot, but, uh, I'm doing an MDMA assisted psychotherapy session. Um, it's a legit, like real deal that right now in clinical trials are reporting a 70% cure rate for PTSD. Uh, it's the strong MDMA is the strongest tool known to man to help cure PTSD stronger than anything we've ever encountered by it by a long shot. And so I'm going to do, uh, do one of those sessions. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a real deal. I got it like somebody's going to sit for me and then I got an integration settings and all that stuff. Um, but they say whenever you start doing that type of work, that usually it gets a little bit worse before it gets better, but I'm okay with that. I know by doing this work, working on my traumas and all this stuff and healing all that stuff up, it's going to allow me to really step into my true power and be, you know, be able to reach my potential. I believe because I want to squeeze every single ounce of potential that life has to offer. And I believe this is a way to do it by becoming the strongest version of myself that I can. Wow. Wow. Do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, I'm not like, uh, I'm not, uh, conceited or whatnot, but mm. I do have a lot of self-confidence and I do, I do love and appreciate myself. That's huge, right? Self-worth. Amen. Yeah. I want to be a little bit cautious or sensitive to time here. So really, I would sort of say to you, well, first of all, what's, what's a guilty pleasure for you? Uh, um, I would say a guilty pleasure, ice cream. I love ice cream. I got what's, a sweet what, tooth. What's your go-to? What's your, what's your weakness? Yeah. That, so... <laughs> anything anytime it's got like cookie dough or brownie chunks in the ice cream like then you're probably talking my language <laughs> um so yeah i gotta I, I watch that um but yeah whenever i do earn a cheat meal or whatnot i tend to like to get some ice cream with it love it love it tell me if you were to try and describe your fire in the belly in one or two words what would they be one or two words um a hundred percent convicted is that three words or two words yeah <laughs> it's, it's borderline 100 percent convicted i'll let you away with that i'll just say all in all in would be mm -hmm. mine i love it i love it so tell us where can people reach out follow you stalk you track you down um, right on. Thanks for asking. Definitely uh, the podcast Underdog Empowerment. It's on uh, pretty much any podcast that you listen to podcasts on any platform. Uh, but to make it super simple for you guys, you can go to underdogempowerment.com. The podcast is right there and all my social media channels are right there on that homepage. I love it. And when, when are we hoping to see the book? Uh, I really want to get this thing out. Uh, it's probably going to be 2023. I want to get it in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start writing it. We'll ghost writing it with Tucker and them early 2022, maybe late 2021, but uh, definitely by 2023 for sure. Cool. Going to be awesome. I can tell. Well yeah, done. Man, Is there a final message you'd like to leave with the listeners tonight? Yeah. Um, it would be, you know, the, the, the thing that helped me go from, you know, like a really dark place in life in a prison cell, not knowing you know, uncertainty about the future to uh, getting out and, uh, and winning in life and, 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 you know, having a, a, a really a thriving marriage and, and family and, and growing business and all these things, right. I'm not saying life's perfect, but it's a, it's a life's amazing now, you know, and uh, the thing that empowered me to do it would be, 
you know, take the full responsibility of everything in life. Know that everything is your fault, no matter if you, if, if you like that or not. Whenever you can take the ownership of that, it gives you the power to change, change that. So definitely, definitely that right there would be the, the, the parting advice that I'd give to all the listeners. Mm. Yeah, so powerful. So powerful. You can claim all that energy. That's a hell of a, a hell of a thing to do. Cool. Listen, Zach, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. Love the uh, the shares and, and really so much to give. So I wish you all the best and look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you. Bye. Likewise, Pete. Thank you so much, man. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon, and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons, and successes. So, all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly, and be the mightiest version of you.